Hello, hello everybody and welcome to the LJL OU podcast, season 2, episode 14. Still one of the three co-hosts here, Mars One here. Of course, I'm joined by, I don't know why I'm doing this voice, I am joined by the heartwarming initialize. Welcome, sir. Pleasure to be here. Welcome, welcome. And, of course, the unparalleled Nymera. Unparalleled? What about un... What, what's the one which is unparalleled? You can't parallel park, that's for sure. Yeah, that's the one. I'd actually say that. You know, you know our home, Sam. You, you know our house. It's true. Yeah, you actually have it. You're going to be parallel parking fairly well, that's so, say. Un, the unperpendicular Nymera. <laughs> Thank you, Lexi. <laughs> An appropriate tangent. That was not at all how I was expecting that to go, but, uh, that, Jesus Christ. Gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the podcast, as always. And initialize, as you have derailed this podcast, what is this podcast? What have you just derailed, um, Sam? We, we talk about maths and angles, clearly, and oh, okay. the difference between perpendicular... Uh, Finally! My physics degree means something! <laughs> now, this is all about the LJL, uh, and specifically at the minute, mostly around DFM and MSI, because that's what's coming up. And Nymera, do we have any relation with his Riot Games Japan, or what What about the YouTube spiel? Oh, yeah, so okay, we ever. have if we have no connection with Riot at all, which means that we're on it on our own, which means that we kind of need a bit of support where we can have it, you know, just please like and subscribe if you like this yes, video. Yes, he's which, got it! <laughs> so the last time I was asked to do that, I completely Smash forgot that I had to say that, and we probably three times, about, I think about, I said. <laughs> we had to go on for about three to five minutes just being like, Nomera, say the line, Nomera, and I was like, what, what the hell do you want me to say? Anyway, please like and subscribe, or regardless of whatever rating systems there are, we are doing this on our own. It does take a lot of effort, but um, it's very worthwhile. But, you know, it's just nice to have the extra recognition for it. So please support us where we can. No connection to write. And if you are an audio listener of this podcast, we appreciate you as well. And you can rate us five stars on Apple iTunes podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. And as we have all said, this is our own opinion. So, uh... Get ready for uh, some uh, interesting stuff. As gentlemen, this is the episode we were building up to, and normally we build up to, but this season of the podcast, we forgot to do our Players of the Week Oops. sort of thing because um, that was part of the podcast where we went 35 to 40 minutes longer almost every single time, so we've cut it, but it's yeah. back for its own full episode. We are doing our Players of the Split Initialize, so hello, you there? You, you, you have been doing a never-ending look for about 30 seconds. I was like, stuff. are you okay? I was I was busy thinking about like various choices and whether I should change them actually, but I think I'm gonna I'm sticking with it. It's happening as it is too late now. Alright, alright. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, as I already hinted towards, we are going to be doing our players of the split in each of their respective roles. We'll be discussing each role in a bit of detail. Maybe we'll be agreeing, disagreeing. Who really knows? This is our opinion. This isn't maybe objectively how the best player, but this is our own individual kind of We have different criteria, best. which is a big yeah. thing, actually. And I'm going to have to argue my case quite a lot. So have I will imagine for one of these players, I will probably have to argue. Uh, yeah. But everybody else is more of a safe one for me. So uh, I should be less controversial outside of the previous um, season of the podcast where uh yeah and we will also be giving our individual mvps and honestly the most important award that any of these players are going to get and i i don't care about the official stream guys here the ljl ou's mvp for spring split that's the <laughs> award everybody really wanted oh yeah doesn't doesn't matter it's prestigious i tell you it is. It's like you it get a prestige. prestige. You don't get a prestige skin. It's prestigious, but not that prestigious. Yeah, there's only so much prestige we have to offer. It's, you know, 
it's 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 a pat on the back, but it's a great we, pat on the back. We pat it, well. It, it is. It is. And we will then be looking towards MSI, where maybe some of these MVPs might be represented by Detonation Folks. We're going to be talking about, obviously, uh, the sad news of the VCS not being able to attend. Yes. Uh, we will be talking about our thoughts on each of the groups as they are. The MSI episode is going to be next week, ladies and gentlemen, where we're going to go in full detail. We might even get some special guests and the like involved, but that will be for next week. This week is far more about MVPs and kind of just looking at the LJL as a whole and going, hey, these are the players to watch. These are the names to remember. Maybe not for now, but maybe for a bit later or maybe for now. Who Put knows? It in it. Yeah, very much so. And then at the end, we get to your listener or viewer questions, depending if you're YouTube or iTunes or Spotify or wherever. Actually, most of you are Spotify if you're audio. So uh, anyway, um, uh, as always, if you have any questions for us, DMs of the LJLOU and our individual DMs are almost always open. So you can ask them there or join our Discord chat link in the description or in the show notes and you can ask us questions there. Gentlemen, it's about time that we just get straight into this and I stop waffling on for the umpteenth blimmin' time. And uh, initialize, we just need to get straight into this. And I would yeah. go to you, actually, but I'm going to Nymera because you are a resident jungle expert. So uh, I'll get the laner. So um, Nymera, sure. top lane, what's happening over there? Top lane, what's happening over there? Um, so obviously this split, we didn't necessarily have, you know, uh, the Ray Farkies popping off in this split. We didn't have the Appermans mm. really give it, taking it to, well, this one player in general. If we're going to talk about my player of the split for top lane, it kind of leaves us with one name, and that name is Ebby. I think that's a fair name normally yeah. to be shouting out here. I'm going to go over to initialize now for your MVP for the discussion as well. Second verse, same as the first. It's DFM Debbie in the top lane for me as well. This is where our criterias are becoming important, gentlemen, as my MVP to end out this conversation. Maybe it's worth actually bringing them up, and I'm actually happy that I've done this. Um, it's Kinatu for my MVP. Um, now, this is where my criteria is different to yours, but as I am in the minority, that's what we normally do. Minority goes Defend first yourself. Defend yes. myself, that's right. <laughs> uh, trial by fire. And honestly, Kinatu did have a trial by fire in his rookie split, um, debuting in the LJL scouting grounds and then making his first internet, uh, well, professional debut in Rascal Jester in 2021 spring. Um, he's well and truly blown up onto the scene and has been very willing to uh, 1v1 even Ebby, the, both of your MVP in their role. Um, yeah, actually both a lot of his Camille games versus Ebby were really yeah, good thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and outside of not only Ebby, the top talent, he was looking very strong against a lot of the veteran players. I'm thinking Paz, I'm thinking Nap. Um, these are an Apple men as well, players that have been in the LGL for a very long time. And they have seen multiple rookies come in, they waved hello to them, and then before they know this, the ship has kept sail. Kinatu might be a talent that we're going to see for a lot longer. He might not be. I don't know. But for a rookie player, I was genuinely impressed with them. And I think, honestly, they get my nod for just how much we saw from them in a very short yeah. space of time. Like, I see the argument. I, I think if we if we were doing a Rookie of the Split award like as a separate thing, I think he would probably be the front runner in that. We already uh, gave that, really, because there was a viewer question yeah. earlier in the, mm -hmm. in, yeah. in the split. It was like, you know... and. There's no one really outside Kanata you can even consider. He's just way above the rest so of the rookie good. talent. Yeah, yeah, and like that—that that would be my argument. I, I think 
I think for myself and Al, like I won't speak for him, but I think Ebby's just been again a fantastic a monster player. Yeah, he has. He, he again, his play style I think is quite distinctive, and I don't think anybody mm. in the LGL can consistently deal with it. Like Kinatu's mm. had one odd game where he's managed it. You know, people like Cog Cog can manage it in, 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 in the occasional game, but like consistently being able to deal with Ebby just being in your face, levels one through three, looking to fight for that level six mark, and just say you cannot CS. Yes, I'll drop mm. some minions, but you will get none. And he just takes the top lane around yeah. in the game. I think he just no one else in the league so, does it like him right now. Um, what I would so I'm just going to go back to the Kanati point because um, if I were going to view this MVP through a different criteria, could I have Kanati as my MVP? I think yes, because yeah. I think there That's is fair. something to say for top lane in terms of which team needed this top laner to step up and go beyond their bounds to succeed as a team. Mm. Kanati is the one for that. Because I look at, yeah, I mean, the, for instance, I could have said Ray Farkey, if he had a really good split um, burning core, made it into playoffs and had a good showing in one of their series, I could actually say, actually, maybe Ray Farkey is a shout for that. Sure. That's not the criteria I'm using. I think that um, Cog Cog is another shout, yeah. actually, for the top lane. Yeah, but Ebby outperformed where it counted especially in finals too i mean there was the one game that cog cog had which huge which put him in the dumpster but i think that may, maybe that's another thing which takes a couple of points away from kanati for me too is that he didn't really do very well against cog cog in that um in that semi-finals match he did get manhandled by cog cog all three games and yes that's partly because cog cog's not very good but it's still you know that 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 is that that's still something against him right it's like another top laner has outperformed you um that being said kanato is a rookie i really look forward to seeing how far this player goes because i could see this player being a future championship winner actually coming in with a rookie oh, yeah. squad like this oh absolutely i have to agree and like that's why my criteria is different we all know i'm slightly biased to um some of the guys that came scouting through scouting grounds, grounds because <laughs> i i loved the scouting grounds i thought it was a really good thing but yeah no absolutely ebby is like if i was just doing on raw skill the the, the person that yeah. no one else wants to see and the person i would like to send internationally ebby is just the front runner understand that where i'm coming from is more of a biased point of view of i want to see lgl scouting grounds players actually get a nod occasionally and yes kanatu is obviously of course the best rookie of the split there's, mm. there's no other question yes i love megumin but he had an awful split awful <laughs> he, had, oh, he had a couple oh. of good games and outside of, the start of the split the looked so good, game. and mm -hmm. then yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it went so bad um but ebby is a monster he is going to represent dfm at, um, at msi and i wouldn't have any other player take his spot no. i think his Fair to say. He he plays he plays everything. He's one of the few Akali players in the league, and he's he's unafraid to take one v ones and champions that require you to get individual leads. No, mm. he's not been focused around this split as opposed to Spring Twenty Twenty, which was just Camp Ebby, Camp Ebby, yeah, kill, kill them all. Um, Renekton Italy, the combo. Renekton Italy, his yeah. set, his his everything else, really. I mean, yeah, his Wukong oh, summer was whatever, but even then, he turned that around towards the end of that split. Ebby is just a player where if he gets a lead. The team knows how to just turn the lever and just use that to just, you know, break, break bones, man. Yeah, I think I'll also give some credit to him this year for actually being okay on weak side as well and willing to yeah. give up side lane pressure, especially saying that... And gets so much farm when he's doing that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at his playoff stats, he's not got the greatest of CS numbers at first, partly because he was playing weak side for Utapon and Kazu because they were against Rascal Jasters who were going to play around Sol and Secret into V3, where how they kind of got their advantages versus V3 was just blowing teleports to go bot, right? And um, uh, trying to play the opposite side to where Cog Cog was. And, you know, that ability to um, 
play a few different styles really well. Like, yes, you can play the lane domination, be the really domineering, frustrating, you've got to fight me or you'll lose this lane kind of top laner to say, yeah, I'll play Gragas. I'll seed a couple waves. Uh, I'm getting proxied. This sucks. Whatever, we'll make it come in and I'll teleport and find a flash body slam and I might be down 50 CS, but it doesn't matter because that's what I've had to do to get my mid and bot lane ahead. And that, that ability to be flexible, I think, has been something that has been great for DFM as a whole this split. Kind of reminds me of, do you remember back in spring playoffs where he went from playing the carries into playing on in spring playoffs mm. and it was mm. not something we've seen sick. from him in the regular season and just come playoffs like yeah sure i'll play that and he kicks ass he kicked ass against v3 oh, in that in that in that um one playoff series and he's like okay cool have fun <laughs> i just mean, think we need to pull out tom kench versus the shy i bring it up loads but like this is you know this guy is not is willing to do what he needs to do right and there's something to that it's it's been super interesting watching uh, DFM backstage and just kind of seeing um, Ebby's role in the team because um, he is very much kind of the person that will follow the order. But then if he doesn't want to go in, he will make that abundantly clear to the team that he thinks is a bad idea. And the team truly respects whatever he has to say. He if he he because he doesn't do a lot of talking in game comp because obviously five people talking at the same time just doesn't work. His, his what he says carries so much weight and you can feel that with him when he's on nara especially yeah. because it's such a big everyone goes it's telegraphed everything else it doesn't fucking matter if the well, team just mm. isn't on the same page for the, the split second when ebby goes fuck you whoever they're playing against and just ults four of them remember, and like, he did that, that one week routinely. Two do you remember that like that week two match where they were really far behind and just now nara goes in for like a four-man ult and um that was one of the first really big team fight games for kazu on rail as well when we were just yes. like this team is very good at team fighting. The team fight instincts are really in place. And that, like and I said, it's routinely, it literally, it's every time he's on a champion which can affect the team fight, he does it. I mean, it's also part of the reason they have a, a slightly scorched record because of one of the Akali games, because, uh. Yes. <laughs> live by the sword, die by the sword. Exactly. But sometimes you throw the gauntlet down and someone picks it up and slaps you back with it. That's what you get for yes. going for the skill matchups. Sometimes you win most of them, you don't win them all. And I think it's fair to say if we want to do an overall MVP for top lane, it's Abby. I'm not I'm 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 giving my token little vote to Kanatu. Yeah, you wave but, that but flag, man. You wave I'm it. I'm like I'm that. like, maybe one day he'll get it, but no, I'm also as you can tell with how much I'm gushing about Abby with you two. I'm it's Abby. Nice. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Initialize. Hello. It's time to go down to the jungle, my good sir, and uh, I'd like you to announce your jungle MVP. So I thought long and hard about this one. Uh, there's a couple of names I think that people have been floating around, but in the end, I did go with V3's Mujin, who I thought was the most consistent, and I think also by my criteria, how valuable were they to their team? V3 needed Mujin to be real good early on in their games or they looked significantly more lost uh his niddly games when he was carrying on some of those were pretty damn good he's a very good Udir player his olaf into the hecarim against rascal jesters where he dismantled hatchimetcha he um, yeah he that was a really good game for him i mean he single-handedly brought them the way up through playoffs in my mind and yes there are people yeah. like steel like crash who you could absolutely argue for oh oh sir oh oh okay okay, okay. Again, i have no idea what you guys have voted for but like, exactly again, there are other there are other people you could go for oh my still goes to uh, I think that's fair. I will be next on the chopping block, and I will announce that uh, I went with DFM Steel for my representative. Uh, I'm going to hand it over to my mayor and see where he went. 
So I have voted for one of the players that you two have voted for, and it is Steel. I'm going for DFM's jungler. Um, again, I know earlier in the split I talked about Mujin quite quite positively, and so I absolutely mm. understand why Initialize has gone for that. But uh, as he's in the minority, his job to defend him. Oh, wow. I, I kind of gave a, a, a brief overview there, and I think that probably holds true. Um, yes. I think my, my main criteria as to why I went for Mujin over Steel was that question of what does it mean to be the most valuable player? And that's not necessarily the same as being the best player. Um, mm, yes. that, that is a distinction I want to make. Um, and I actually do think Mujin has been in contention for the best player as well in terms of jungle role. Like, you know, there's contention there. and you know Early on in the split, certainly. Yeah, and, and, it, and I think in playoffs again, he turned up actually really Mujin heavily. Like, like, the hell, that Rascal Jester series, the Sengoku series, like he was against Crash and then Hachimecha and you know, won those matchups, honestly, for his team in a lot of ways. Like, he shut down yeah. Ka- uh, Crash and yeah. Hachimachi, who were such big parts. The Hecarim first pick, which is so powerful, did not work because Mujin and the rest, of course, of uh, V3 had a way to handle it. And I think there's something really important to that. And that element of how important are you to your team's success in terms of I mean, that value tips it to Mujin for me. I'm going to contest something you said. You said that Mujin was the most consistent jungle to split two. Oh, sorry. I no, do no, not I agree with that. With that. Yeah, I, that one, one of the I reasons why I sorry, said yes. Steel is my MVP for That's jungle fair. player in the split there. Steel was maybe the most consistent player in the whole damn league. You know, he's up there, right? Guy is just yeah. unshakable, unflappable. You cannot get a leg over on this guy without him having a response. Yeah, you can take a game off of him and, you know, put him behind, particularly, you know, like game two in the finals when Mujin did mm. get super far ahead on the, on, on the Olaf. Yeah, I mean, Steel was not having a fun time of it, but he was still trying to recover and all this other stuff. And he mm. did a he did a much better job of it than someone like Hatchmetro or Crash did in the earlier playoff series. Playing against an Olaf from ahead is difficult. So, you know, actually achieving that in, the, in that game too, even though it was a bit of a shutout, you could see that Steel actually was a caliber of player that could potentially look to turn things around. His, his ability yes. to change between stuff like the Nidalee, I mean, his early split fights on the Nidalee were disgusting. Steel's Nidalee is one of the best champions in this damn league, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I just mean, the poise he holds himself with it's been very impressed to watch this split yeah. so, I, so just to, sorry to clarify specifically on the consistency it was more in um, playoffs in terms of like his ability to consistently find early edges in playoffs was yes really okay I'll agree with that, that one. I, was, was more I, what I was getting at I, I agree entirely with your point about still being very consistent I even think um, if you just look more overall at Mujin's performance he had 60% first blood participation 50 he was he was he was commonly at least around just under three hundred gold at fifteen on average differential. So he was all on average just three hundred gold. That's like cloth fest, like yeah. just cloth armor, yeah. just carrying yeah cloth armor, just carrying gold on him just over most junglers. Only person above him is Crash, who had who was just like that's all he did. He just got gold. Um, didn't do a lot of other things sometimes, Crash. Um, but he he was good at gold. Um, but I think Mujin is a very fair um, no, person gonna, to actually represent. Yeah, I. Highest DPM, highest uh, highest damage percentage, great CS numbers. Like, like he's just a you know, all round great player. I, I rewrote him. But for me, Steel was far more the important member for DFM because I'm sorry, DFM have no way having a split, and they also just don't slot in Kazu and Arya the way they do without Steel. And uh, the thing for me is also um, playing jungle. With Kazu, and you know how jungle support yeah. is really important? Mujin <laughs> played true. with Reiner. And Reiner, even though he had a bit of a mess split, 
is still really, really good. <laughs> no, I mean, he was our MVP yeah. of 2020 exactly. summer. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah, it was definitely, I'm, I'm, it was top either top him or Boogie. It, was, it, yeah, uh, it might have been Boogie. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I look at them like, still my dude. Play, I mean, yeah, he does have some very strong laners to, to, to kind of compensate that. Um, but so I think that's still emerging. Like it's, I, I think you could probably view the one a similar kind of level with that one. But yes, yeah, I think oh, the, absolutely. The big thing for me is like DFM. We thought they might lose their co- co- coherency and their their synergy coming into this split. They absolutely didn't. They didn't miss a beat. They came in first week. They swat. They slotted members in. They slotted in Saros and Gang. And yeah, there was that one game which looked a bit meh. But then they crushed the last week, week seven, right when they came in and subs in with them. They really did. So I, I mean, I, I, I look at, I look at Steel. I'm just like, this guy is like the glue which holds everything together. He's such a stalwart player, and his Japanese is also very, very good. Uh, mm. According to people who actually speak Japanese, and I, I don't. I'm sorry. Even Zinfo does. We're doing it. And if he's uh, becoming residence, becoming uh, a resident, he, which, which he is, do. come summer, he is going to be, you know, the hottest player on the market. Although he's not on the market, DFM, I've locked that away. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing that's happened with Aria. Aria is probably locked in to DFM for at least uh, till the end of summer, funny you I imagine. Them. It's funny that I do mention them. I mean, uh, to round it off, gentlemen, we do, I would like to, because we've done this for top lane. And now it comes partly to initialize to talk us round if he believes that Mujin should be the overall jungle MVP, or are we going to be split on this and he's going to die on his hill? Like, I do believe it, but the thing is, I'm not against Steel being the MVP because I also really rated him. So, like, okay. it's not like I'm particularly aggrieved that that Mujin does like that Steel's getting it. I will still hold that little banner up there for Mujin because I think he had a great split. But Steel is a very valid MVP, and I think he's important to DFM in terms of holding things together. Was well argued, and I will give that to you. Before we actually do fully do this, uh, do we have any honorable mentions? We kind of did it for top laners where we mentioned Cog, Cog, and Paz. Um, obviously, we said Ray Farky when they popped off in 2020. We Crash. were always giving him Crash. Crash. I would get Hatchamecha, I think it's a fair yeah. honorable oh, mention. Oh, that's a good yeah. point, actually. I'd put Hatchamecha over Crash, even in that sense. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Crash has been really important to Sengoku's turnaround from the early split. I think Hatchamecha was really critical to Rasko's Jester's even gained. Well, that's why I think that place. we saw them fall apart so, yeah, when Hatchamecha couldn't find any kind of stable footing in their series versus V3. Yeah. And I might shout out, like, Kasim for a rookie who's come in and just said, you know oh, what, yeah. I am willing to play mm, Jin Zhao. The rookie, Throw yeah. mad damage numbers out. Yes, I'll die a fair amount, but I am willing to play my style. <laughs> die. And, and, you know, and be a bit of a battle ward. And, you know, for a rookie split, I think dude had a really impressive showing. Like, lot to prove, lot, lot to refine. But the, the killer instinct is there. Oh, it really is. And it feels, and it's like, ooh. Obviously, when he first came in, I immediately went to you guys and went, ooh, Chris Gaming Act. Picking out a rookie who has barely played in Korea, and then he comes over to Chris Gaming Act, and then suddenly starts to be aggressive and wants to kill a lot. Seems like a mid laner we all might know and love rather well and have a church around them, but uh, we'll have to wait and see how their career goes before we really start making those comparisons. <laughs> uh, need to see how how it goes. Maymara, our resident mid laner. Yes. Hello. Sir, it's time that we go down to the mid lane rather than staying too long in the jungle as it can become a very wildery place of uh, scary monsters, of wolves, of grumps, and sometimes dragons. I stay so on the take mid lane highway. Stay All right, solo mid. mid. All right, run it down. Um, uh, that's just a team I know, though. Um, what is your thoughts on the mid lane and also who is your MVP? And on the seventh day, our Lord Arya did create the mid lane to have somewhere that he could inhabit and dominate the rest of the rift. Wait, it from. wasn't Faker? 
Our Lord Arya in the LJL. You know, he's the regional manager. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, course, yeah, it's, 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 it's a very difficult system. <laughs> my apologies. Uh, my mid lane MVP and Flare of the Split is uh, is going to be Arya for that role. Um, guy is incredible. Initialized. Over to you, sir. Who is your mid lane MVP? Snap. Arya for MVP. So you said nap. I'm like... A snap. No. Snap. Uh, yeah, like... Well, well, it's if your snap isn't Nymera's crackle, that must mean I'm pop, and ah. I have to go three for three, so it's Arya. Well, let's gush now. We can actually gush for a full ten minutes oh. now. All right? He's so good. He's so good. Um, that Syndra game, game three of finals. Oh, God. Absolutely so, disgusting. Yeah. So a, a, bit, a, bit of, a bit of a spoiler for, for those of you out there. Um, so we are getting a couple of messages about, you know, people coming in to, to talk about MSI and stuff like that. And uh, We're very so, happy, by the way. I'm really happy with that, by the way. Uh, and if anyone Thank else you. is creating content. Thank you. 20 retweets and everyone absolutely. for helping us with that. And absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. I mean, basically what we've, you know, one of the questions that we, we've been asked is, you know, uh, so DFM, they, oh, so this Arya guy, obviously he's a big part of their narrative and how they change the team. Do they play around him? You don't even have to. He just pops off on his own accord. If they play around him, he even pops he, he pops off then. But he'll do it regardless, right? Particularly like that Syndra game in the finals. He just like oh. take he does the Thanos, well, I'll deal with this myself. And just completely pops off. The guy can play any champion, anytime, just Very do it much, all. Yeah. The fact that he at the end of season eleven, well, well not the end, end of spring, he has a 51 KDA on Seraphine is yeah. fucking obnoxious no, for a mid laner because he doesn't <laughs> die. It doesn't matter. He is <laughs> oh, so no. much better than everybody else in the mid lane. It's just not even funny. He like, died once in the champion over three games. I, I am so. Oh, thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Um, I am so happy he's playing Showmaker and Perks. I'm so happy so he's going to get slaughtered I... or trial by fire. It, I just, I want to see it. Like, He's still getting 466 DPM on Seraphine, building Moonstone. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That is disgusting. I think, I think the thing for me, which is incredible about this split in particular, he didn't have to pick LeBlanc or Silas. I don't think he had a single yeah. game with LeBlanc or Silas, which are two of his most impressive champions. Um, and, yeah. you know, they're in his top five. And you know what? You couldn't tell the difference. He just plays everything. He does it well on everything. And yeah, he did get solo killed and can get as many solo kills as his previous splits. I think that's partly because he's not necessarily been, uh, you know, having the jungler, like, de dedicated to them and having all of the rest of the map just waiting for him to do something and him just, like, focusing uh, but, on his 1v1 uh, advances. Yeah. But he let's be real, he has some fucking weird junglers in 2020 yes unica yeah, cj C, right. cj struggled i mean yeah they had they had yoshi unica and then um yeah yeah kind of struggled yeah. i mean like and, and he was still popping off like I mean, like i mean here's like some of the stats guys like okay seraphine 51 kda over the split uh syndra 30 kda over the split oriana incredible dpm carly 16.0 azir oh. completely undefined did not die on azir like that's pretty silly. I mean, like his lowest KD is about it's a bad loss on casting. Like that is it. Everything else is at least three point five, like like three ish. You know, his rise is a little bit lower. Like, but like, some of those you go, okay, that's pretty silly. It's and unreal. Can flex between everything from an Akali to a Twisted Fate to mm. a Seraphine to a Kiana. Like that is a lot of variety in play style, which is really exciting to see. And I, I, I yeah. do like the fact that Al brought up. You know, he hasn't had to be the hard carry. He hasn't had to pull out. The, you know, his uh, Vladimir every game, his Silas every game to just 1v9 because he can actually say, you know what? 
I've got Ebi and I've got Utapon and Steel and Kaz will do their jobs and I can play Oriana and make sure it all works come mid late. He has game. five like, champions with over a 500 DPM. This split. That's unreal. That's just, unreal. Just like, and that... And that's something that I was talking to uh, Maple in the DMs um, just to get more information on his thoughts when we were prepping for finals. Mm. And he was like, Arya was probably the best player in the LJL, but he only played carry champions because that's all he could do because of his team's predicament. Yeah. Now that he's on DFM, he's the best player that can play everything. Literally, yeah. I don't think there is a champion that you wouldn't look he at and go... He Callista mid. And, and he won with it. Yeah. And he looked really good on it. He played Kiano. Cassiopeia bot. Yeah. Like. Guy, guy can play everything from the assassins to the AD carries. I trust him to play a Tristana if he had to play it in a, in a random spot. I'd be like, yeah, I trust him to play that. He That's can play cool. the Twisted Fate all the way up to the Seraphine. He, he, we know he can play Galio as well. Like, this guy is just so insane. And the amount of power that he brings to DFM, because now DFM no longer has the hamstring. And I'm sorry, Siros, but there is a difference yeah. when you've now got DFM unlocking now. There's not these kind of crutches where DFM go, yeah, but we can always just win it if we do X, Y, and Z with Cyrus. And there was that was a proven formula, right? Yeah, absolutely. It is proven more than anything else because they are the most dominant team in Japan. Yeah. And Cyrus is, when they play around his wheelhouse, maybe the best mid laner when DFM yeah. play around it. Like, Cyrus is you're... super viable, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I, absolutely. I guess the, the, the issue is basically that, look, you are quite meta-dependent. And in the way, because Agreed. you are so good, you can kind of buck the meta regionally with Cyrus. <laughs> But the problem is, you ever head into Ash internationally, and you are basically saying, "Look, if it's a meta where I can play Ziggs, Heimerdinger, Karma, then we're okay. We'll do all right. <laughs> but actually, if it's ever a meta where you just like you need to be playing Zoe and Akali and LeBlanc, or you know, or Seraphine other... at this point, now, yeah, right? Yeah, sure Ariana probably wouldn't be a bad Seraphine. Player, yeah, because of Karma. Right? Yeah. I, think probably, I think. Well, just in terms of, I think he's quite he's quite smart at being about empowering his team. Like he's a relatively smart player. But the problem is you are still quite narrow, and that's always a weakness mm. in the international state. It's always a weakness if the meta ever moves away from you. Yeah, I, f I figure this is actually a pretty good time for us to kind of expand on this too, because it's the, probably the kind of thing we're going to clip out and send whatever. But like the thing yeah. about DFM playing with Cirrus is that it's kind of like Doinby when he wasn't Huge. as successful before yep. he yes. found his, his, his legs in that world championship winning roster. LJL, ace, similar story. Yeah, exactly kind of thing, where your team has to play in a certain way to enable your champion pool. We've talked about that already. Um, yes. And you can buck the meta, but then eventually you hit the roadblock of just, you know, the effectively the, 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 the teams which say, you know, square up and play meta. And if you're not playing, mm. you know, your Syndra, I know that Cyrus plays that, but like say for various metas in the past, playing your Akalis, which I, I know that mm. Doinby oh, does Zoe. too. But, but um, you look at you look at Cyrus, doesn't play Akali, doesn't play LeBlanc, doesn't play Zoe, um, doesn't really not play the high mobility picks. He's not really a great Silas player either. Um, what you do get with him? You're not going to see him play, pull out a Kiana. Right? Yeah, you're never going to see him do that. What you do get is an incredibly practiced team playing around zoning potential of your Heimerdinger turrets. Look back to 2020 spring. There is a game in Plus versus V3 where I think this is yeah. Ziggs and Aphelios. You have <laughs> you have you have the crescendum turrets somewhere. You have the minefield somewhere else. You got skill shots he heading out in all directions, <laughs> and the team knew how to use that point of power better than the enemies knew how to play against it. The problem is you do that too much. Suddenly you get familiar with it. With someone like Arya, you have the ability to pull out these picks. I'm sure he can play pretty much anything himself but he can do that to us to a much higher degree even with his niche put, uh, counter picks available um he what well, the difference between them is that aria does that way he feels it's appropriate seros does it all the time 
Um, so that's why I think one of the big fundamental differences for DFM coming into the split is the fact that Arya has come in, removed that bottleneck of the champion pool and the playstyle, which then the team has to come around, and he just does it all. And that's a um, really smart thing. No, no, just to add this in, because I'm sure Alexi wants to yeah. move us on. Because, um, But like the other thing I don't want to add is actually at this point, Seros is kind of free to be a super sub, right? Like, come yeah. summer, this guy is still in the back pocket, and you still have this guy who has... Second most tenure on a team behind Faker. Like, he's been playing a long time, guys. Like, since 2012. Yeah, like, Utebon is. is a day behind him. So, uh, considering the amount of games he's played now, if you argue it now as a starting player, Utebon is now the second. I need most to see who's played the starting player behind Faker, yeah. right? Like, that's kind of nuts. Well, Sam, that um, would have change, you... changed when Ramano was subbing in in season eight as well, remember? Yeah, Ooh, true. Yeah. So, exactly. So, like, th there is that argument. And the point is, you still have this guy, Saros, who you are incredibly practiced with, have done for years, massively veteran. Um, And you can still say, yeah, Arya probably could play Heimerdinger, but is he going to play Heimerdinger quite as well as our boy uh, Saros? And if you need to pull him in on a best of five, for example, and go, okay, we just need a cheese pick game for I'll be, I'll be honest, guys. Like, imagine, I'll be honest. Imagine if, and, and this is no offense to recap. But imagine if Siros was on Rascal Jester and that lineup with Kinatu, Hachimecha, Siros, Soul, and Secret, that could genuinely be a team I would have seen make finals. And I would have been like, I think that, that looks like a really good team. Potentially they could take games off of DFM. I think yeah. that's actually quite and a that, team. And that's how good Siros still is. I yeah. think I, I think I want to make that very clear as we end this but out. There's a, Siros, there's a cap. There's a cap. Siros has a ceiling. We know that ceiling. It, the ceiling's good enough to win LJL. That ceiling has been proven. Now, is it still able to win LGL with new rosters being changed and some new faces? We'll yet to see, but obviously Cirrus would have to do that, but Cirrus is still easily top three, top like top three mid laner. Where, given a given day, given a given meta, he can easily be maybe yeah. even higher than top three. Um, but Arya is currently the king of the mid lane and uh, no one is anywhere near close for that crown. Uh, gentlemen, honourable mentions for mid lane. Uh, is there any really? Nathan, no, maybe. No. I mean, I, I would. Ar no, I, I'm I always going to argue Ace, obviously. Yeah, no, that's like, my again, he's pretty, he's pretty, yeah. he's pretty core to V3. He I, does what V3 need, but yeah. yeah I, I'll put Nathan up in the fact, like, oh, he's in okay, okay similar, Nathan's the one actually. Yeah. In, in Nathan, a pretty yeah. similar situation to um, Aria of last year, actually, where he's on. Yes, yeah, so he's on his previous team, and like, and like, he, and then he has like the Mercurial second carry. It's not Gango, but it's Cassin. Uh, and then he is kind of the hard carry for the team that they desperately need to pop off or everything looks awful. And Nap's a fantastic team fighter and decent weak side player, but, you know, that's the deal. And so I put Nathan up there and Ace is not a bad shout. That's kind of it. I suppose recap yep. has, was pretty good, but I don't think he was MVP. During the already. regular split, but playoffs and, were and, and, pretty... And, you know, and Ramane stepped it up in playoffs, I guess, but, like, that's kind like of... A, none, again, none yeah. of but, the, but then none of these are MVP candidates. No, no, I have to agree with that. Um... Gentlemen, it's about time that we go down to the bot lane. And uh, this, I will actually announce first who my uh, bot laner was, because I've not done it and I have to do one, as that's just how this works. Um, it's rather easy for me. It's Utapon as my bot lane carry. I will now go over to Nymera. So who is your bot lane carry? I also went for Utapon. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, well, we won't go any further because, initialize, who is your bot lane carry? You're both heathens. Yeah, I knew it. Gone with Sol from Rascal Jesters. All right, so this is going to be interesting because I have very strong opinion that it's only Utapon. Um, 
And you have a very strong opinion that it's so. I can um, see Nymera... the reason for both sides. <laughs> okay, so you're a bit on the you're a bit more yeah. on the fence. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, well, how this works is always initialize has to go first, but then hold your thought, Nymara, because I will I want be. to come to you first. I've All right. Nick? Got the thought. Okay. All right. Now initialize your thoughts. Defend yourself, sir. All right. So a uh, couple things to note. Sol, again, this comes down to the way I'm generally defining... Um... Importance. Yeah, effectively. Uh, very and, important. And it, yeah. It, and it comes down to that basically, I think both of these guys are very valid choices. And mm. actually, I was oscillating between the two of them for quite a long time. So, and sure. I still think it's Sol, basically because this guy put up some absolutely absurd numbers. Actually, absurd numbers. Like he was near enough 700 DPM in the regular season, which was putting him in no. top five of players, or worldwide for people who are regularly playing like more than three games. Like this guy across all levels of play. Like it is absurd. This guy was nuts. His Ezreal, his Senna, his ability to carry was in some ways unparalleled just from a damage percentage from like he how much of the team's damage he was doing his dpm his key kda how threatening he was and then again i'm also heading into that cat that criteria for me which is actually okay how important are you to your team's success that's not really a category of how good you are because you can be really good but be on a great team and therefore actually your loss would be less impactful Rascal Jesters without Sol would have been soulless, I think, in a lot of ways. His like, DPM across be... Spring and Plus was 669 with a 35% damage share. Like, I'm sorry, that is absurd. That is like Uzi in levels regular of split, ridiculous. 745 DPM in, in, in regular split. Like, like what the what flying the, yeah. fuck? Like, I don't swear very often <laughs> the podcast, but like, I'll you don't. straight out. That is nuts. Uh, and the fact that they, the reason that Rascal Jesters were a kind of threat in some ways to DFM was because there were not that many other bot laners who could punish Kazu quite as hard and run away with the game. The game they took off DFM was basically Sol going, you cannot hit me. He put out ridiculous damage in that game too. He slipped away from pretty much every CC that came out of him. And yes, it wasn't the easiest comp for DFM to catch him, but he sure as hell played it like a fine wine. Uh, and I, that kind of that element of, yes, he played exceptionally well. He's got the numbers to back it up. And some of those numbers are world-beating numbers. And on top of that, I don't think Rascal Jesters would be anywhere near as good without him. Whereas I actually think potentially DFM would probably have been okay with a less talented AD carry, even though I think Utapon has been superb. Nightmare? So, um, obviously, I went over towards Utapon, but this is where I had to sit down and be like, Okay, what are my criteria? And I think the, the, the thing which is kind of hard for me is that actually I look at a lot of different criteria and then I look at how impactful each of these different factors are, try and take them all together and then, then bring it in, right? So I'm looking there and like, for instance, one of my big things is how much better is this guy than the next person in their role? How important are they to their team? How do I think they are overall as a player compared to the rest of the league? Um, that that's that's just gener a general thing, and then there's a couple of X factors in terms of what doesn't show up in the numbers and, and stuff like that. Because Utapon, um, it's not going to show up in the numbers that he had to lane with a support which has not played professionally for quite a long time, coming in as a as a coach, breaking up his regular duo lane pairing um, with with Gang, who is one of the best players in the league. He came in and had still a stunning stellar split. Utapon is one of the few players who just never catch flat footed. Really, this guy is just. Mr. Incredible. 
of the LGL. He just does everything. He was a top Watch player. Watch his he's Ezreal a, games. Like, his Ezreal oh. gets absolutely nuts. I think that Sol was more important to his team. I think that's one way which I would say, okay, this guy is, um, you know, that that's a consideration taken there. And for instance, in an MVP voting for the split, that is something which I take into account more more importantly, right? Whereas I think for like your all player pro split and stuff like that, I'm looking at bot lane, I'm saying Yutuan I think is the better player. I think because of the the way that the map was set up, because actually the rest of that map means that as an AD carry, much like Sneaky in Cloud9, and particularly for the AD carry role, this is so much more important, you are not getting the same resources as someone like Sol. Um, yeah. Sol, um, Sol had the highest gold share of any player in the LJL, and he carried with it. Very much an Uzi archetype, like Sam was saying. Yutbon didn't really have that same amount, and I think that Secret far outstripped um, Kazu in the oh, support yeah. role which means that you've got more resources, a better lane partner, which means you can play around your area of the map much more effectively. And I think that all ends up giving caveats to kind of take away from Sol just a little bit compared to Youthpon. And that kind of pips into the post for me, but it's not that much in it for me. I think both, I think these two are clearly the two best AD carries in the region. And then you go down to Gango at third, I think. But these two is going to be one of them. Absolutely. Like, I, I have to defend my point a little bit here. Um, yeah. Utapon and Sol are basically hairs between one another. I'm not mm. going to deny that. I'm, I, But I do have a very strong opinion that I believe Utapon to be slightly more important. I know where you're going with this. And that's just because man's 2v1 whole split, bruv! Like, it don't matter after that. I'm sorry. He 2v1 every yeah. single game sometimes because Kazu would do alchemy level weird things i could go find some clips but i'm not sure i got time right now but there are literally clips but, of just Kazu just inting in lane and, <laughs> I've, and got, I've got them like i've okay. got i've got a library of Kazu clips mate like there are like, some real bangers out there and but and also um Utapon was also not required to put up the damage numbers that soul was also needed Utapon was a rock for DFN. They know that if we need damage, Utapon will put it out. If we protect him around it, so how is this working? Because I went, wait, Kanati was your top laner, but then you're saying Utapon was the rock? Surely Ebi... So this is where I'm coming into, obviously, my biasty. Um, Utapon was critical for the success of DFM. Without him, I actually would disagree. If you take Utapon or Soul out of the DFM lineup, there is no other AD carry in the region, in my opinion, that could fill that void. It's true. Well, I now don't that think you know that is gone. Yeah. Matches, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's gone, and you oh, gone. And... You could take a punt on Honey. Like that would be about it. Uh, import. You uh, can't. Yeah. And that's even with pretending. Well, so, I mean, Sol is an import too, but like, right. Yeah, so it basically yeah. comes to: Do you want Milan, who MVP uh, honorable mention for rookie? But really, sorry, Milan. I sorry. He had a rough split. Um, uh, Yuhi? Uh, nah, we've already said nah, our we, piece we on Yuhi before. On Yuhi, yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, a Japanese player. But even if we could bypass the import rule, get him in, um, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable outside of Seoul really going into that slot because those are big, important shoes to fill for DFM. Um, but then I'm obviously, this is where my criteria is coming into it. Obviously, I said the 2v1 piece, it's great to meme. Um, but outside of that, yeah, these two and like AD carries were so important. Sol had to put Uzi eye levels of carrying to get the no to get Rascal just over that line. 
DFM didn't have to do that with Utapon, but Utapon definitely was just always doing exactly what he had to do in his lane, and then would transition to, into Teamfight. That's, that's the thing for me. Utapon yeah. was, was still putting out more than was needed of him when you have Ebi, yeah. Arya, and Steel on your team, who are legends of the LJL. And he himself is a legend of the LJL, and this is exactly why. Yeah, I mean, I also like you know, even on, even in a versus matchup, right? Like it was contested whenever Rascal just was playing against DFM, but which AD carry could carry harder. Mm. And then eventually, you had that game three versus the Jesters, where after um, Sol gets a hold of the Ezreal, doesn't die, has a great game on it. Then Utapon gets at the game after, gets first blood off a really clever little level one play, oh, then so proceeds sick. to go like thirteen kills, destroys the whole game. To the point where in game four on red side, Rascal just just have to first round Ezreal, so they can't, they don't give it to. It's like one. what is going on? And then on they in the lose because they've got an answer to it. It's like oh boy, like that when 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 a guy like Utapon, and this is when I'm when I put Soul forward, when a guy like Utapon can basically like force you to warp your draft that way and then counter it like that, like that is a really like that's a slap in the face. That's always yeah. a bit terrifying. We need we need to write this point down guys that was that was good shit what just came out of our mouth holes there that was, that was some that. some pretty good stuff there i liked what i just heard i i like that anyway um ad carries uh we've as i think we've already fared to say there's no other honorable mentions outside of these two because they are just a head and shoulders above yeah, everybody else outside of it's the same kind yeah. of thing, right like I, like in terms of like raw power top I mean, top is like ebby ebby is far out and then you've got Ebi. like then you've got cog cog in some world out there. Jungle actually is closer, I think. And then mid is like an absolute void. And this AD carry thing is a similar void, but at least there's two at the top. <laughs> yeah. What's the way to put it? I mean, so, like, I, I will say Gango and Honey actually are good AD carries. They are. Got they a, are. A fair number of decent, particularly the top but these end. these guys the top are end of AD so far really above good. them. Like, I, I mean, I like would... Hollow's decent. Honey's done exceptionally well, considering how difficult the rest of the team is finding it. Like, his numbers, again, are... Up at the top end of the world, actually, kind of nuts. Um, you know, Gango, I think, is a really good one because yeah, obviously we played with uh, Aria last year on Crest Gaming Act, and obviously seeing it go away, I was a little bit worried because I was like, "How much is Aria fixing stuff for Gango?" It's like, no, actually, Gango was just doing so much work on that team, and he did so much work for Sengoku. Bless him, uh, man. He's in a weird spot sometimes, but uh, yeah. overall MVP, are we just going majority with a very uh, big asterisk of honourable mention to Soul? Yeah, yeah, I think this is the one which uh, has to have an asterisk, because even then, I, I would yeah. add an asterisk to my own one, right? Um, yeah. So I it's, think like, for me, it's like, for me, it's like 60-40. 60-40 upon to Soul. I think I'm that. it's 70, but that's just because I'm slightly, but like, I'm only adding 5% here, really. Yeah. Really. 65, 70, either way. I'm still very happy to go with Soul. Um, but gentlemen, support role is here. And I should have actually done the support role as I am the support player. But anyway, it's going to initialize. Um, you've done only jungle so far, so please do support, sir. Who is I your... have been... This is the one I found hardest. Oh, perfect then. Uh, so in the end, I've given this one to NT. But I was torn by thinking about giving it to Secret. And, and I'm... Yeah, this is the one I think... I'll, I'll justify this one a bit later. But yeah, I've gone, I've gone with NT, but it was close. Nymera. Um, so I went for that close second of yours, Sam. I did go for Secret. But this, again, was the hardest one for me. I'm just there like... Actually, not that much in it. Between about three or four, actually. 
I will announce my one now. And it is... Wait a moment. I just ripped on this guy. Why am I giving him MVP? I've actually gone for secret. Because, I mean, it's stupid to go any other way. I'm sorry. I, I, I made it seem like I was going to go Kazu. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, Kazu was my second, actually. Uh, he was actually uh, he was on my very short list, but yeah. uh, no, he 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 can't because of what he uh, made Utapon have to put up with sometimes. Um, sorry. Um, NT, yeah. a player I was actually bigging up a lot throughout playoffs and going into playoffs because I was like, this man has always made top three and he has been a stalwart for multiple teams when he has been there. Initialize, you are in the minority, I but I'm. NT, I don't mind that pick. I actually like where you. I'm really interested to see where you're going with it. Really yeah, good back off. Like again, like my question, Mike. I've been kind of trying to work. Okay, so what was so what has made support? I think support's actually largely been the weakest position in the LJL this year. I agree. Put that right out. I think. I think I a agree. lot of our players we expected to be great, make good plays, haven't really. I think particularly yeah. Proud, Reiner, and to an extent Corporal have had rough splits. Yeah. Um, and I think the two most consistent performers have been Secret and NT. And ironically, I think probably Kazu's still like, even when he's had bad games, like he's still been looking for big engages and that that has been like, and he's just got a But the sum of the parts for Kazu. Yeah, exactly, kind exactly. Of and exactly. It, and like, he, you know, he's basically playing Alistair, Rel, occasional Gragas, occasional Well, that's what the meta is in fairness. True Bro. enough, but the, but you know exactly. But you know, there's no, there's been nothing like a thresh or anything in there, which is you know a little bit different. Um, but At I least he wasn't that, on Yumi duty. Well, <laughs> yeah, but but well, I, I throw Enti in here basically because I think okay. So what has made uh, Gango and Enti so potent in lane is their mm. ability to just get so much gold out of the laning phase, and then Enti like on a, on things like the Thresh has been pretty good at keeping Gango safe. And Gango is a player who will play aggro in lane, and he's been a huge part of the win condition. I also think his vision game has probably been the strongest in the league. I was looking through the stats, and he's mm. got better stats in secret on that front by a fairly notable margin. Um, and I say, okay, consistently got ridiculous lane advantages alongside Gango, and that's been a massive, great, you know, point for the team and for Sengoku. Um, I, I think he's been relatively versatile. I think his vision game's been pretty strong. I think he's a big cork part of the wing condition alongside people like Crash. I think he's turned up well, pretty well with them. Um, and I was kind of working, okay, so why wouldn't I give it to Secrets? Because I always think he's been pretty damn good. And I think sometimes when the Jesters have had rough games, often been Secrets going a bit deep. Like, he has had a habit of just pulling the trigger a bit too freely and getting a little bit punished for it. It happened once or twice versus DFM. Uh, it happened a bit against V3 in the semis. I was like, okay, maybe on that merit, I'll give it over to NT, but it's close and I'll happily but be argued down. I think I think what I would use to kind of caveat that and kind of again argue against that is the fact that maybe Secret did go a bit too deep, still has a better KDA than what we're, I'm trying to who's who's got a better KDA than them in support. Uh Gang who played two games, three games. Um yeah. so Secret by, has so a, behind it by point one. Yeah. Yeah, so um so Secret in terms of KDA, yeah, so, so Secret has a four point one six KDA, NT has a three point five two. This was across the regular season. Um, and then Secret had a 70... Uh, wait, what was the kill participation? He's got great kill participation, 72. Yeah, his kill participation in the regular split yeah. was se near enough 78% compared to uh, NT's 63%. That's mainly because Secret was so pivotal in team fighting. Yeah, I mean, the support meta right now is a lot of team fighting, and NT went more towards the thresh and more the lane dominance kind of thing. I think they're diametrically kind of opposed in that regard. NT's not necessarily going to be your team fight initiator where his secret was, but Rascal Justice kind of needed him to be because Recap and Kanati were playing more of their, um, you know, their solid early lane 
of champions. Having your Rihanna, which is not the initiator, more of your Renektons, which are, are less again about that. Um, and what that meant is that Secret often had the engaged burden put onto him, and they did really well with it. Uh, I think that you can't... I, I, in terms of the other supports this split, unless it was Reiner on Rel, I don't think anyone else really matched what Secret was doing in that regard. And, okay, actually, no. Kazu in the finals, Kazu actually, his set was really good. Um, Outside but, of the yeah. first game, which was a little bit like, oh boy, that's bad. Well, no, it was half like, and half. It was really yeah. good when it works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it comes around to the fact that... Um... I mean, secret. I think this is also partly for me the fact that I didn't put Soul in the AD carry MVP, and obviously I'm kind of making up for the bot lane, and I'm going slightly more into secret lenience. Yeah. And I, th I think that's also partly where I'm going because they were arguably, if you just look at all of the bot lanes, I would say that duo was the strongest bot lane duo, and where it can be a bit more contentious around um, the bot lane carry, either Utapon or Soul, I think it, it comes down to partly just opinion and also just um, maybe a few things you you value more. Uh, for me, Secret was just better than almost everybody else on just so many metrics that I'm, I, I'm just like, everybody else did fine in the support role. But I would only argue that Secret was good. Um, which is normally a weird thing to caveat because Gang is almost always in the LJL since he's been a part of DFM, um, has been that great player. That, that that player is always going to challenge everybody. We saw Reiner start to actually cha challenge for that in 2020. Um, mm. We saw um, NT also putting up very good results. Uh, Corporal as well was starting to get up some moments. Um, I would argue with Gang missing from the support position, it's actually shown a huge void of skill that went missing in the support role and i would argue that secret kind of stepped into I, it as best as anybody else this support pool this support mvp the support crown is absolutely free for gang in summer i'm just putting that out yeah. there if gang Bro, doesn't yeah, get claim it back in summer something horribly wrong has happened yep so are we meant to be having a full mvp roster of just dfm Close to. I think that's summer. That's what we're looking at, actually. I mean, that's the reason we want this that? squad, right? I think we want I mean... that because they want to peak for worlds. Yes, I think that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> as long as they actually have a team or two which can challenge them, and they were to an extent. That, that that's pretty good. Just I mean, set, I mean, yeah, I will right? say, I will say, you know, to not defender of the faith, but defender of the kazoo. Um, I do think that kazoo did play the role he needed to within teamfight initiation too i think that it's, well, it's it, i think it's still important for him to not get dismayed by interior lane every other engage not working out but just pulling the trigger but this is kind of the coach's mentality too i think or rather the the, the c9 high and uh, probably a comparison is worth making here between season three and season four where right. you know that the fight needs to happen now doesn't matter necessarily how it happens and what high would often do is be the person to die at the start of it because he's made the flashy yeah. play kazu yeah. does that for dfm and he has done it for this play yeah. he goes in his set he goes in his gragas whatever um and he'll make the big team fight play again watch those finals his set games when they were winning were actually really fucking good most of the time there yeah. are a couple of scuffed engages but the majority of them were really really good and v3 are just out there like oh my god we can't we can't fight back against oh. this he's too he's decisive right and that can be really yeah. important because if you manage to retain retain that confidence going into the international stage that could actually be really important versus um teams which can be over arrogant and overstep because if someone is decisive and goes i'm going leroy jenkins raise your kazoos he could make a really good impact on that i do think that yeah. secret was way more consistent i think that they actually in terms of the higher end of the engages though i think kazoo was actually best on that this split 
He definitely has some good I mean, and like to back up NT as well, um, CG, watch that CGA versus oh, Sengoku Gaming yeah. from, mm-hmm. from, from first Best round. Laning this support. is eviscerated. Like, yeah. it just, and Alchemy and Milan, yes, that is a rookie support, uh, a rookie AD carry. Um, so we give them a little bit of a pass. And then we've got Alchemy, who he's, he's I have given my support. opinion on. Yeah, he, no, he he's is not a learning support. He, like, he's, 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 he's not much of a thing. Uh, he's a ward. He's a very good ward. Um, Strong opinions there. Like again, I'm not that convinced by the guy either in some ways, but I do think he can team fight pretty well on the right champs. And I agree. Moments, yeah. yeah but like yeah. what I'll also say is like you know for Kazu, you got to remember this guy was a pro player for quite a long time. Speak to Maple Street. He's about been their coach for so long. Uh, like, right? Exactly. Like and he's switched between coaching and sporting so many times. He's come out of retirement so many times. Like he's got the talent in some ways, but he has just got this sort of habit of I see five people. I'm on Alistair. I can hit this There's ability no around, five but, people. But, That's great. But, but I'll find a beautiful highlight reel. I'll just cut it after I go and be fine. Just goes to the flash headbutt pole over the wall. It's like, no one's there to follow up. But I found the five-man headbutt pole, but no one's there to follow up. And like, that's always the issue. Like, If he hits the five-man pole, then it was all worth it. And that was the right play to go for because I hit five men with the pulverize. Like, that, that's his thinking. It's, it's great in a lot of ways, <laughs> but it leads to some of the... The mercurialness of Kazi. Um, in the, wor- in, in of... the worst days of Gambit, that's what Edward would do. Yeah. For instance. Um, um, and Pulling like, on his heartstrings there, aren't you, Alex? A little bit. Fresh Prince. A little bit. Come back. Um, anyway, um, to to kind of clarify a little bit for people who are coming in a bit as well. Like, Kazu's a little bit like, say, if Rainover came, in for a t- came out of retirement for Blabber because Blabber needed to get residency. Or, or someone needs to get residency on Cloud9. That's a good one. Yeah. Like, like that kind of thing. Like, Rainover had his weaknesses but was also quite good at certain things you know like he could play around top exceptionally well was one of the facilitated huni on fanatic fantastically then came over to clg and would get great early game leads and then just throw it all away like it's that same kind of deal where like you're coming in for an mvp candidate really in someone like gang um um but you know it's not like you're necessarily a bad player even if you've got very definable weaknesses yes uh, but ultimately, uh, comes back to our overall MVPs. Um, are we siding with Secret with kind of an asterisk going? Everybody yeah, else yeah, could have kind of been open that. for it. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, gentlemen, it comes to our final thing. The most important thing, we announce our individual overall MVPs, and then we have to try and figure out who will be representing the LJLOU and getting that Twitter um, shout out where they probably will not even realize what's going on and they'll yeah. be confused. Um, my MVP for the LJL 2021 Spring Split was Aria. If you couldn't tell from what our gushing was earlier. I will now go over to initialize. Who is your overall MVP? I gushed about this guy by myself, and I will continue to raise my Jester's flag high, because Sol is my MVP candidate. As well. Very. Very fair. I have the tiebreak. I have Don't the tiebreak. I know where you're going with this. I know, like, your heart will not be astray. Sir, who is your overall MVP for the LJL 2021 spring split? So, I'm not going to lie. I kind of came in and was like, I was arguing against myself to see if there's any reason I can't give it to this player. And I had to caveat so many damn times. Because of the criteria, oh, you're just trying to make a reason not to. you use yeah. for MVP, which can be so diverse, and I completely failed to do that. I'm voting for Aria. 
What you are? Well done, sir. Well done. Woo! Well done. Woo! Well done. Now initialize. Come back. No, come back. Oh, he's coming in to slap oh, no. you. All right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Come on. No, we're taking, we're taking this one outside. <laughs> <laughs> you wrong. Oh, well, when he comes back, he will have to defend himself um, for uh, been MVP. assaulted live on air. I mean, it's going in the podcast, so he'll have to deal with that. Violence is always <laughs> the answer. That's how I get my way. Of course, of course. As the older sibling, um, but sadly, um, in the minority of this one, you must defend yourself for why Sol is the overall MVP for yourself. And explain your point more than anything else. Okay, so like as far as candidates go, it was kind of like Arya was up there, Sol was up there, uh, maybe Utapon's not a bad shout out either. But I basically put Sol as the MVP because, as I said beforehand, he is the absolutely most valuable player for his team. DFM can carry through any lane and have done. Arya has not had to carry. And that actually, for me, lowers his value in an MVP vote because Sol has had to carry by and large. There are very few games where Sol hasn't carried when Rascal Jester won, and particularly once they've started really coming online. He has been the superstar for the squad. Arya yeah. has been phenomenal. Do not get me wrong. Best mid laner in the league, but he is also blessed by having Steel to help back him up, by having Ebby in the top lane who can carry, by having Utapon in the bot lane who can carry. And for me, that means that actually, even if Arya maybe... Did have had a couple off games. There were other ways for this team to win. Uh, and that's kind of a big deal. Um, I've already gone waxed lyrical about Sol and his ridiculous stats and his ridiculous damage numbers, ridiculous damage percentages. And yes, he got a lot of gold, but by God, did he do a lot with it. Uh, and I think he's a worthy MVP considering how exceptionally valuable he was to Jesters. He carried them to a he second did. place regular season finish. Yeah, and I am now going to let me take this first, Nightmare. All right, sure, let, sure, me just, sure. let me just. I'm right, getting me, my uh, points in order. Aria had to deal with Chris Gaming Act for two years as maybe the best player in the league, and well, start to make a name for himself, and then maybe becoming the best player in the league. He then joins TFM, and now you're not going to give him MVP because he's now on the sum of his parts are actually now remotely equal to him. No, 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 no. He's on CGA, like. That yeah, was... and now he deserves, in my eyes, to still be the MVP because he's just so good. He is raising the overall level of play. I am so sad that Boogie left the league. I am yeah. so fucking same. sad same, same. because Arya. Has, keeps elevating the level of play. And this is what I believe Arya is doing. I want Sol to stay with for the exact reason. Sol is helping elevate the level of play. Boogie was doing that in the jungle. And we don't really have that for the top lane. We don't really have that for the support. Because once Gang was left, that was a void. And we've just discussed support role. And that's open for anybody, really. Um, top lane has Ebi. Maybe Kanatu in a few years. We'll have to wait and see. see Maybe Cog Cog. Right, but like outside of that, it's it's Ebby, and Ebby's not really upping the level of play because Ebby just plays his style and that's it. Arya plays fucking everything now. The fact that he can go, I'm gonna just play Seraphine. I'm gonna play Lucian. I'm gonna play Twisted Fate. Oh, I could also pull out a Galio or a Kiana just just because I got everything in my back pocket. Arya is just so good, and I'm so happy he's on a good team now because now he gets to fully flesh himself out and actually grow a bit as a player and not be the carry. But I absolutely agree with you on every point that you said initialized. I completely agree with you. So I am not disagreeing with you. Sol has been so good. 
But I have to say, I prefer Aria. So, <laughs> that's one and two, really, for me. Right. So this is where Criteria really, really comes into it. Sol yeah. was the player who was relied upon most by their team, and the team had success. I think what really swings it for me is that the difference and the gap, just the utter void between Aria and the next competitive mid laners has been phenomenal, actually. In terms of champion pool, yes, there are other players which can play aggressive mids. There are others which can play control mages. Rarely do pl they play both and they don't play at the same level. I think that Aria is the most valuable player for the region for the reasons which Lexi was saying. He raises the level of play in this region more than anyone else. And because of that, I think that Aria, in terms of what he brings to the LGL as a whole, even outside of DFM, is far above what any other player has done. And he's stayed here now for his third year. This is his third year. We've had players like Boogie and Archer come in. is the only one which has stayed that long, right? I mean, Steel's done that to himself. I think that Aria has done a great service to the LJL by not just being a flash in the pan and leaving after getting, you know, some some name value to himself. This guy is just f more valuable than any other mid laner in, it, um, in the LJL. So he's more valuable in his role. I think as an overall player, like you said, he raises the cap and the ceiling that this region has. And I think it's only worthwhile shouting him out for that, for me. But are you also agreeing that Sol, uh, Sol has also been incredibly... Oh, no, you oh, already did yeah. at the very beginning of your no, argument. No, you no, did. Absolutely. 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 I think did. Sol is the, mo is the player that was relied upon most by his team. I think Arya has carried despite not being relied on. I think that he's popped off of his own regard anyway. And I think that's shown that we have both sides of the coin. That actually, yeah. what happens when you aren't the focal point of your team anymore? Well, Arya just does it all anyway, you know? All right. So, gentlemen... Now comes the debate, if there is a debate. Um, who are we giving the award to? We've got a two to one We're split at the moment. On this one, yeah, so we got the a, MVP. We got a two for one. Um, and we have to decide what we're doing. We decide to do this live on the podcast. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are getting the raw experience of a bit of a debate for us actually discussing on who should be the overall MVP for the LJLOU. Um, from the looks of things, uh, because of time-wise, we're probably not going to actually talk about MSI this episode, ladies and gentlemen, now, no, because um, we've been going for almost a, an hour just talking about MVP stuff. So, uh, no, you're not getting MSI. You'll get that next week for a full episode. So, just <laughs> filling you in there now. Because, um, gentlemen, we should give this a decent conversation. Um, so, we have all set our points around this. Now, I think it's fair to say, for, most, uh, for, for myself, I'm going to put that out there, as I've already mentioned. Aria is number one, Soul is number two, right? Now I want to go over to both of you two, individually first. I'm gonna to go to initialize first. Um, Soul is your number one. Yes. Who's your number two, if All you right. had to, okay? Just reverse, that's interesting. That's, inter that's good to know, because if you said somebody else, changes everything. Nymera, who's your, your number one is Aria. Who's my your number, number two? My number two, is Sol ahead of Utapon, even though I put Utapon ahead of Sol as the individual player? Yes. The question is for me, who's my third and stuff like that? I'm actually thinking someone like Ebby again is actually really worth putting up in that in that third place. Um, but then I'm like, okay, you've got two DFM players on that list, and that really tells you how good they all are individually. But yes, mm -hmm. number two is Sol ahead of Utapon in that AD carry role. So we're all just switching around, and yeah. we're all... Okay, so at least we're all in kind of the same place. That's what I first wanted to confirm. Um, so, gentlemen... <sighs> Sam, Sam, can I ask you a question, actually, if that's okay? Sure. In terms of overall level as a player, 
how good they are mechanically, raw stuff like that. Would you say Arya or Sol is better? In some ways, it can be a little bit difficult to call in terms of what the roles require is very different. It's a little bit apples to oranges in some regards to what makes an AD carry player better as what makes a mid laner better. Like, actually, there's often slightly different because actually AD carry is often much about raw positioning, like, damage uptime. Who do you think is better, though? Take all those stats off. Who do you feel like is better? Probably this player. Actually, for me, it's been Sol. I think Arya's had okay. a few mistakes in the early laning phases. He's been solo killed once or twice. It's been a couple games where he's dropped a bit. So yes, I wouldn't have liked him to. I was going, I still think he's the MVP, but I think actually he has made more mistakes than he did last year. Just saying. Nathan Sol got gave up some TV two kills too, early in the split, mm-hmm. sometimes in playoffs too. Hollow got a kill on them. Yeah, Hollow and Dinah did that. Uh, uh, probably got more to themselves than the other way around. Especially later on as the season went on. Yeah, well, yeah, but it happened. We, uh, if we're going to say one side happened, you have to acknowledge the other side happened as well. Um, is this just just going to be a majority rule decision? Is this just it going is to very be a close? I mean, at the end it, of the day, it's, it's incredibly yeah. close. Because oh. it's the kind of thing where, like, if I if I did, like, you know, my my, it's like the observer effect, you know, in quantum mechanics, where like you just you think about it one way and suddenly it kind of collapses into that answer for yourself. That's kind right. of what that's kind of what I've done with R in some ways. I've just been like, look, there are multiple ways I can go with this. I'm choosing on this one eventuality, and uh, the cat is alive and it's called Aria. Uh, if I may have one final defense, absolutely. So two things I'll throw out. One, you call One it. final oh, defense, two well, points. Two, I know, two points to this final defense. You, know, you can course, do that, that's fine. Absolutely, so, you so, can. So, so, so specifically, you made a comment saying, actually, Arius raised the whole level of the LJL. Well, I would argue Sol's probably done the same because we lost a lot of important bot laners. And Sol comes in to a team that was effectively, and this is kind of where I'm coming at it, was the kind of this dual point. So one saying, actually, I think Salt on the exact same thing to raise the level of the LGL, particularly in bot lane. That's fine. It was looking like we could have had some real dearth of talent there, and it's not been let, that way. Let him, is, let him have both his points. Let him have both his points. The second thing to come upon that one is actually also, the Jesters look like a bunch of misfits. They weren't supposed to go anywhere. That's Look at our preseason fair, power actually. ranking. That what one's... were we expecting out of Detonation Focus Me? What on earth were we expecting out of the Rascal Jesters? This is a washed up Korean bot lane that was supposed to go nowhere. Uh, a, a retired mid laner and a jungler who had been not going very far for long. For, I surrender! Very well for a while, but he's been too busy dadding, right? Like he's being a father. He's not had a chance to be a good jungler for a while. And in top lane, you've got a bloody rookie. What is this roster supposed to do? And you might have found your way to in your kind of first split as an organization together, second place, push DFM, come up with some ridiculous stats. Like, that's not just elevating the whole of the LGL. That is a full-on Cinderella story as a roster in an organization. Like, how bad have Rascal Jester been for how long? How long has it been since they took a game off DFM and then they come to come do this? That's great stuff. So, Nomara, I don't think we can disagree with that second point. I think he... No, I think there, he is, there is something to be said about... Our, there is something to say about um, our power rankings of Rascal Jester were very low and DFM were a solid first. I think part of... Well, part of the caveat to you that would be we hadn't necessarily seen these players before in a lot of ways ourselves, right? We knew that Cog Cog was good. Uh, not a Cog Cog, because that was... Um, Action matcher. So we knew that Action match was very good, right? Kanati coming in as a rookie, obviously came up and had a big performance too. Recap, we hadn't seen them in a while in this bot lane. Uh, they hadn't played in the LGL before. We had seen, L- you know, Korean imports do very well in the region before. But yeah, we did say, okay, they kind of looked like they've kind of just got a bit of a, 
you know, garage sale of, of players coming in. I think that we had a bad read on them. I think that they did come in very, very strong. I think that, but then, yes, there is still that caveat of, yeah, this was what we expected to be sixth to eighth place team coming in second regular split. And that is largely due to Sol, actually, and how he overperformed due to our expectations. I think for me, though, like... That first point, though, I've got problems with. I think that I think that the other thing as well, though, is that, I mean, if we're talking about expectations coming into it and how they were broken, I, I do oh, okay, think that sure, yeah. Arya broke my own expectations again because it wasn't like he was unable to slot into this team and that he couldn't coordinate and he would only play his assassins and he was melee champions because that's one of the things I was worried about. Is he never going to play control mages? And he played that most of the split and he played them damn well. So, yeah. again, I don't think that... Um, yeah, I think that's a point you can kind of make towards both of them in terms of the expectation aspect of it. I think I misspoke a little bit about my point about my issue. Oh, no, I do have a mild issue with your first point there initialized. And I think Nymera, with maybe how he wanted to come in, also might have a slight caveat. Um, Yutori left. Of course the level overall level of the region is going to go down. The, be the rival for Utapon that has been there for uh, ever, it almost feels yeah. like, um, he left. So, uh, uh, of course, there needs to be someone that's filled that void. And I'm Archer so... Yeah, Arch also leaving. Yeah, exactly. Which I think the detrimental. having Sol and Hollow coming in Art as well. Like I think it's really getting Honey stepping up. I think the fact that Sol comes in and is immediately looking to be like really damn good. It's good. But it it that's not enough where I'm just like, you can't argue that the region's getting worse or getting better because at the same time the region just got worse because we're losing so much of this historic talent in the region, and we're, and we're now putting it on untested or not truly proven rookies yet. Obviously, I bigged up Honey last year, and then he had the fucking awful split. Let's be real. Mm. Like, awful season, really, for a rookie. Um, but Sol came in and absolutely floored it, right? He, felt, he filled those void of Yutori Marshi. It's not Yutori, but it felt like we had someone that was very much filling that void. At least for me. I, I think the thing for me guys. is like I think that Sol um fills a void. Arya just like pushes into it though. Like he is at I, I think I don't think that Sol has upgraded mm. the level of AD carry talent in this region because of the nature of Archer and Summer being so good, Art in Spring being ridiculously good. We've lost a lot of good AD carries. And yes, Sol is another very good AD carry. The LJL has very seen good. good AD carries before. They've never seen a mid laner this good. Never. I don't know, I think Dash and Ramane back in their day were... Not to this level. Right. Not to this extent. Not at this point in time. This is the that kind of the thing... Like, when Arya came in, he wasn't so, first when he first came But in. you look at Dash and you look at Ramane coming into, coming into their, their splits and whatever, would you have put them as world beers? No. I wouldn't have said that they would be, you know, EU mids, other uh, wildcard mids in a lot of ways. And in fact, they didn't. Um, I look at Arya and I'm thinking, this guy could legitimately be, after getting some, you know, getting blooded on the international stage, could be the player which leads LJL to a world's strong run could lead us to world groups that we've never done before. And that's why I think that the, just the importance of this player mm. to the region is so incredible. I, I think that Ari is the most important player in the LJL because he's the one player I can see bring us to international success. I don't think Sol can do that in the level that Arya can. Yet, maybe. Yet. At this, but we're talking about now. We're talking about this split. Uh, of course, yes, and yes. I'll also say I think Sol put up much better numbers than Utori and Archer did last year. Like statistics. Oh, in spring. I, yeah, sure. I, 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 but but overall, holistically, I feel like he's only he's he's doing what we'd already seen before. Stat wise, sure, I agree. He's he's performed better stat wise, but then also that's a very apples to oranges comparison because you're yeah. comparing sure. two different teams, but, Blank yeah, and, and Pyrian. 
and Yatori, like, of course he's going to have different stats to what he had with Hachimecha. Sure. Um, and and Aperman, who always needed to be played around too. And, yeah. Right? So... And even even so, my point being, like, actually, I think that potentially, like, I, like, I, I still think that someone like Sol or Utapon could do just as much damage potentially in terms of carrying people. Not that so, I disagree that I think Arya is going to be a fantastic option. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not exactly. Yeah, no, you're right. Expect, you're right. And I'm not and exactly. I still expect those guys potentially. They could be great op- opportunities to carry on an international stage. Like I, I think it's wrong to assume that Arya is the only way that that could happen. I yeah. think and that. I, well, think I, I think that the, the, the way that, so. that I've chosen to read things for this MVP is that. Sol is probably the most important player to his team. Arya is by far the most important player to the region as a whole. Arya is just a shining star above all the other players in the region in terms of what he can bring from his role in as an individual player. And there's a good mm. chance that maybe in a year, depend- assuming that Sol stays around, that he could easily elevate the level of play like we but have he's seen not there right Arya now. Not do. at Arya's level right now. Yeah, and Arya in his first split from what i've seen through going back through 2019 yeah. stuff he was not elevating the region at i mean that he point. was he was contesting he was... with with the dfm mids and dasher from usg um yeah. he did good he was contesting i think that's a really good word contesting not elevating yeah. right which is, what Sol, which is what Sol's doing right now right contesting not necessarily elevating given the context of the people that are and, and this is where also it's just coming yeah and it's coming down to our biasy and obviously the way yeah. that we independ- individually judge this um I think, we're, gentlemen, we're going to have to, um, sadly, and I apologize to you, initialize, we're going to have to go with majority rule with this. Um, but we've had a great 10-minute Honorably discussion four. around Honorably four. this. I'm oh, like, very much yeah. so. Yeah. Um, I was always going to lose this one, be the 2-1 down. It's fine. Sol, you're in there in my heart. Aria, you're also pretty great. We can easily put an honorable mention. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, I'm very happy to do that. Um, but then after that, I don't want to go down further than that because I have no idea where I would give number three, number four, it's and not, so on. Not in contention. No, it's these two, and then everybody else. But Maybe gentlemen, hog, hog, actually, weird. Anyway, uh, boogie, because boogie. Um, no, okay, just me. Ah, uh, gentlemen, we must uh, start wrapping up this podcast. Meaning, it's time to go over to our question. As to reiterate to all of our listeners out there, we will be doing MSI next week. Next week, MSI full yes. episode. We are already organizing stuff for it. Do not worry. Do not fret. Um, again, thank you to everybody that's been doing retweets and hitting out and adding mm-hmm. people and then putting us in their mentions or whatever. We really appreciate the support. It's crazy to think that we came. Gentlemen, this time last year, we were happy that our stream had pretty much had a consistent, like we we peaked during uh, playoffs and the fi- finals specifically. Yes. We were on a, like a high and it was crazy, um, but we never... Th- like I mean, I didn't think we'd get this kind of kind of call out already from the community, right. and it's great to see it. So thank you, honestly, everybody, the three of us really, really do appreciate it. Um, again, podcast question: If you have any questions for us, you can ask us in our DMs on the LJLOU um, Discord or in the LJLOU's Twitter account. We are always uh, engaging and looking there on a regular basis. Cause of PBE. Kors- nice. Korsakov, oh, I, I, my, poor, my, my poor, my poor dyslexic brain, um, asks us, which emerging region talent are you most excited to watch play at MSI, besides DFM, obviously. I'm going to come to initialize first here. I would have said the VCS. Ah, uh. uh, Again, I'm sure we'll touch on this a little bit more probably <sighs> next week. 
Yes. Yeah. At the same time, it, I think it is worth mentioning right now. It yep. is an absolute travesty for the VCS. They can't get out. It's travel restrictions in Vietnam are very, very strict. Effectively, you can leave, but you can't return. Is 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 the gist of it? There are yeah, same thing which happened last week. But it takes a lot of time to set up, and you already need a lot of time to get visas and stuff to get to Iceland from Vietnam just not feasible and it's a real disaster it's three international tournaments in a row that have now been missed poro catty has now missed the three international tournaments he's qualified for in a row absolute disaster it's a real real shame yeah there's no way you can even make it up to a player like that it's no i mean that that's the answer i would have given i would have i would have said vcs it's yep. sad it's sad it, as hell it, so i guess we've got to answer like of the of the other teams who we're most excited to see but it would be VCS, you in my heart. Probably for me. Yeah, I think, I think all I think three of us are unanimously all VCS because I mean, one, that is our... Them. <laughs> right? And we also right. have a relationship with the other unofficial broadcasts, right? They immediately were helping us out and shouting us out and just engaging with us more than anything else, just saying hello. Uh, so yeah, we are biased. I mean, I think both of you have appeared on, the, on their stream and I've helped Indeed. out in the background. So I mean, we're all close with those guys and Gam... You got fucked over, guys. Like, there's no other way for us to to say it. Like, they got uh, unfortunate. Um, but out of the other teams, gentlemen, um, I am most excited for Infinity Esports. I've been following the LLA kind kind of a bit on the off. I mostly was only really paying paying attention to Boogie because I think that's good for me to at least know some of these players and then kind of follow it. And then if eh, I like to follow Boogie, um. Uh, Infinity, well-deserved, honestly. Um, uh, Infinity Esports played really, really well. Solid Snake basically prevented Boogie from doing a lot of the in really invasive stuff. Um, also, by the way, the bot lane is fucking terrifying from them. Um, I am very excited to see Ackerman and White Lotus. They got, like, most MVPs during the playoffs season. They were um, out far and beyond the best bot lane in the LLA. And I'm very excited to see this team perform in the international stage. And playing as DFM, that's pretty cool as well. What about you guys? Anybody else? Any I'm, other teams? I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to trying to think who I'd want to shout out above anyone else. Um, I mean, part I of mean, me is just then like pain with Tinones coming back from 2014. You know, I mean, he, he has been. He has, you know, as well there. Yeah, the guy's 30 years old, but like he was, he was the Ari Great. on Kaboom that completely screwed over Alliance. Mm. Even, though had, even though they last picked Kale and had a crappy draft, I mean, I'm still not going to forget forgive Wicked for that. And that was the that was before we had coaches on stage. So I was an Alliance fan, damn it. Oh, damn it um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Tinones has such a weight of history to him. It'd be really cool to see Payne um, do well on on the main stage. Uh, so I guess that's one thing. Uh, but yeah, having LLA versus. Um, LJL again in our group stage should be really fun. I'd be interested in seeing that too. I think for me, it's probably PCS and PSG Talon if you count those as emerging region. I, yeah, I know sure. they're in a bit of a weird yeah. space, but I think PSG Talon look really strong again. They have got yeah. a hell of a roster. I think they could be a real threat. I think on top of that, maybe the LLA guys with Boogie. Well, no, no, if they're not Boogie, it's not coming, but um, is it Furious who made it through? I forget who made it, but like it was a pretty exciting series. Infinity. Oh, yeah. it was a it was a reverse sweep, like two O up, and then reverse. I was just on the edge. It was with Boogie on it, Sam. So yeah, that's right. That was the way again. So I'm not looking, but from what I'm not, I need to go back and watch those finals. But I heard they could be quite exciting. Whereas I think I think PSG Talon, from all the things I've been hearing from various people and analysts, I think could be ones to watch. I think they should be really good. They had a great run-ins last year at Play-ins, and I think they could be pretty scary. Rip is still on that team, which is they have Maple back. They have Maple back too. So. 
It's not. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was it? Was it? It was it. Um, tank in the midline before. Um, I think so. Mid, yeah, I remember but... this. This is that's, um, that's exactly what Lexi was just babies. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Lexi, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we have we have ourselves another you know an LGL alumni out there. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I mean these are we we could sit here and wax lyrical about any of these teams honestly because it's great. I mean I love watching emerging regions. You know, try and make something for themselves, like your old you know your old. Um, uh, Albus Knox Luna, your, your, you know, like your PSG from last year too. These teams would like make a breakout. I really hope it does this time, but um, you know, it's great to see those success stories coming from other regions too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to see someone like uh, Pabu um, coming out from the uh, LOC. Obviously, um, the OPL is now no longer its thing, um, but he's been a guy that's been grinding at this since 2015. And that he's finally now made it to his full international debut. That's just cool for a player that's been playing for so long. Um, but like, yes, as as Nymera said, we could rap, uh, we could wax lyrically for ages about almost all of these teams. There are tidbits and facts that we know about these teams. Um, obviously, mentioning River, I I I, I was like River, and then and then you guys like X LJ. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I knew I knew him from somewhere. I just knew River was a name I knew. Uh, it's like there's so much history around this, and this MSI is definitely setting up to be one of the most exciting so i think uh we each have our individual teams but uh overall it would have been gam uh just unanimously because uh we might see them play and the fact that it's going to be maybe almost a year and a half till we actually see the, the vcs on an international stage is incredibly sad and i mentioned Absolutely. to I, I mean, I mentioned this to you guys off off stream but i don't know if we would have kept doing this if ljl hadn't had international uh, performances like, yeah. debut yeah um yeah. and and like, I feel awful for the guys over there and the lo amazing work that the VCS uh, English or oh, no, yeah, the VCS team. English do. Like, amazing, amazing. But gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our episode. Do you have anything else to say? Coming over to you, Nymera, first. Uh, well, apparently there's someone very loud revving an engine outside, so I was completely distracted by that. Um, what, do I have anything to say? Um, I mean... Uh, obviously we went through all of our players and I think it's great that we can have these discussions and yeah, you know, we're not always going to agree. I think that's more than fine. I respect these guys' opinions very much so. Um, and I think that we did manage to hash out a believable MVP tier list, actually. You know, I think we managed to get a good ballot there um, with all the caveats involved. So I'm glad we managed to go through that. I hope that you guys got some value out of this too, watching this or listening to it because um, hopefully these are players to watch going forward. Couldn't have said it better myself. Initialize. Uh, I think I probably echo that pretty well. I'm, I think that was a pretty good discussion generally mm. about MVPs and good performances. And I, I like that combo of MP at the end. It's nice to have that conversation actually publicly rather than behind the scenes. I think a lot of power lists and tier, uh, and tier lists and MVP discussions are kind of those ones which you kind of have the conclusion before you come on. I mm. think it's nice to be forced to justify yourself and be part of that discussion. So I hope you guys enjoyed that and uh, respected where we were coming from because I think that was largely a pretty well articulated series of arguments. And I mean, I think the best thing is, you don't have to agree with us. All you can agree no, with one of us, or not agree with you can agree with one of us, two of us, three of us, none of us. But like, yeah. hopefully, those thought processes are now they're out there, and maybe maybe mm. you do agree with with you know what Sam was saying about Son saying actually, you know, this guy just way way too important to his team to ignore. Maybe you agree with me and talking about how Arya and what he means for the region, or what Lexi was similarly saying about that, and, and with other players in too. You can agree with agree or disagree with any of this, but at least it drives you through the thought processes. And you know where you can have a discussion on Twitter and our Discord, Woo! ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Link baby. The in the description. Each of our faces at must one at initialize with a one at Nymera. Ladies and gentlemen, 
reach out to us because we're always active on all of the social media platforms. Again, thank you to everybody that has been doing the shout outs and the mentions and everything else. Uh, yeah, we are so. currently looking for assistance here we over are. at the LJLOU. This podcast will be going up um, and you've got till uh, the beginning or mid point of next week to make sure you have to get your applications in before we're going to start busy, busy, um, busy. going through an interview process. We are planning to at least communicate and interview almost everybody that uh, applies. So uh, we will always give feedback. So um, if you are interested in being... Um, a coordinator or administrator, social media, you have graphic design or a spe- or graphic specialist, or if you're interested in me, a color caster, um, a play-by-play caster, mm. or a producer, um, all of these roles are open at the moment, And but be aware, and I want to make this very clear, um, if no one applies, or if we come to a conclusion that no one's a perfect fit for us, the LGL 20, uh, 2021 summer will be covered by us. We are yeah, not. Don't worry. That, no. that is be, not changing either way. <laughs> yes. We are only doing this out there to try and elevate and bring more uh, as, as the way that Seoul and Aria are elevating <laughs> their region. We are trying to elevate our production. But with that little tidbit at the end all said, you can find that information, by the way, on our Twitter account. Um, but with that all said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening and all watching. And we'll see you all very, very soon.